This is Object to This, and it's Attorney Fancast. I'm Stephanie. Pour some sugar on me. Just in my throat. Just just all of it. All of it. I can't taste anything else. Just give me. Give me. I'm Michelle, and I'm going to take one single bite out of every piece of furniture in this room. Maybe one of them's chocolate. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All of them are chocolate. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's right, everybody. We're going to talk about Investigations 2 Case 3. But before we get that, the news. The news. Wow, that was so polished. Hey, Stephanie, <laughs> that's so polished and professional. Um, the news is that um, they have unveiled the Ace Attorney merch for this year that is Japan exclusive. So there's like themed handkerchiefs for characters They're and Apollo good. Justice perfume, Odoroki. Oda Odoroki. <laughs> And, uh, like, an entire Godot coffee set that's, like, a mug and a pour-over V60 and a grinder and a bag. And it's all, like, 107 Godot's Cafe and, like, a cafe notebook. It's so good. Oh, it... Yeah, classic. And the, the, the themed handkerchiefs are all, like, very understated, vaguely themed of the character. And they have the little Ace Attorney sparkle in one of the corners, like, very... The thing I that we live for, which them. is muted fandom. Muted fandom is, like, the older I am, the more I want it. Because, like, that means that somebody, like, you can just rep your fandom. And, like, one's like, oh, that's a nice pattern. And then another nerd has to say, I like your Ace Attorney scarf. And then you're like, ha, you're a fucking nerd. You're, and yeah. then we can be friends together. It's fine. Yeah. But I love muted muted fandom. Um, but the handkerchiefs are very good. I'm very jealous of this coffee set. Yeah. Probably the most egregious thing is the... Oh, the toilet for Odoroki. And uh, I know that I said toilet wrong, but still, like, Oda Odoroki is still... <laughs> it's still, like, I, 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 I'm I, hearing what you're laying down, and it's very uh, good. I just, uh, you know, I can't smell it over the internet, so I don't know no. if I, I want it. And also, like, the fuck does Apollo smell like? I don't care. It's fine. I don't um, want to know other what thing Apollo is, smells like. Tokyo it's... Game Show is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we're recording. Um... It's, like, all this week, and there is nothing on Capcom, like, that they've announced on their schedules about Ace Attorney. The likelihood of us getting Ace Attorney news is next to nothing, considering they dropped this merch before TGS. Yeah, it's not happening. So the merch gets ruder every year because they're, like, Japan exclusives. I'm like, at this point, just announce that the franchise is dead. They can't do that, Stephanie. They can't crush our hopes and dreams because then we'll stop buying things. I can't buy it anyway. What does it matter? Yeah, but Japan can. Yeah, it's just uh, as 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 my as my sad pedestal soapboxes. Just please, please stop, Capcom. Just tell me. Just tell me. Yeah. But uh, it's okay. Uh, I will continue to just look longingly upon the things. I have a bit of news from oh. um, a boy Mop Up. Mop Up. Mop Mop Up. Was like, hey, did you know that the Ace Attorney movie is in the U.S. iTunes stores for four ninety nine? Oh shit! The and the Japanese one that we watched. Yeah, it's apparently, and they put it for release on the store July fourteenth, twenty twenty. So this summer, this past summer. Wow, that could have been like an announcement if they had wanted to tell us that, but they don't love us. <laughs> no, they don't. But like, just like Mop Up's, just like I don't know how you guys watched it, but like, it's up on the iTunes store. It's got a real bad poster, but like, what the fuck, like. They just, just slipped that one right in. <laughs> wow. I'm glad that we watched it when we did. Because now it would be harder to watch it with, with the quarantine. But uh, I um, 
I'm glad. Hey, everybody else who was like not having the capabilities for st- <coughs> stealing, um, go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and watch that because five dollars is a, it's definitely worth five dollars. Is worth five dollars, absolutely. It's wholly worth five dollars, and then you can listen to us talk about how much it's worth five dollars for what two hours? <laughs> That's about? like. That's like 500, 600 whole yen. It's like, yeah, it's like 600 whole yen and you can, you'll have a great time with it. It's, it's wild. Uh, but that's my news. That's good. Hey, MapUp did better at the news <laughs> than I have and Court Records has for months. <laughs> uh, just, just, you know, just like, we all, we're all in this together. All right. So, yeah. That's the news, which is more news than we'll get for another seven months, and that's that's them breaks. But what we do have is we're going to have our recap of the third case of Investigations 2. So if you don't want those spoiler towns, sorry. That's going to be basically the whole episode. Yeah, it's basically all going to be spoilers. But on the bright side, if you haven't played the game and you don't care about spoilers, we're going to do the full recap so you'll be able to like figure out what's going on like we usually do. Hopefully you can figure out what's going on when we do that. <laughs> Or if you haven't played it for years, then follow along with us. Yes. Um, so, to briefly, briefly recap the first two cases. Uh, so we start off with Edgeworth and a presidential assassination attempt. We are like, oh, that's not good. Like, And then Shelley the Killer's there, and we have to... And we end up pick, pinning the murder on the bad guy. Second case is that we're in... We're at the jail cell. This bad guy that we got arrested is now murdered. And we're like, oh shit, there's also massive serial killers and a lot of f- fan favorites like Frank Sod in the prison. <laughs> uh, and we also... You we know, gotta talk about this game and what they think fan favorites are. <laughs> that's true. That, that's a good point. Uh, and so we're hanging out at the prison and we're trying to prove who done it. Turns out it was a prison warden. She was being blackmailed by the big bad and didn't want to get eaten by dogs. Uh and so she goes away, and we assume that the prison pet program has been abolished. Uh, and Edward's in trouble. And for... Edward is in trouble. Yeah, for the, he keeps getting threatened that his badge is going to get taken away because of that presidential assassination shit that happened. Yeah, and just because of like the way he investigates and everything, he keeps digging that that hole deeper. Um, because you know we're not supposed to be around, even though we are a defense attorney's assistant. That mostly that case. So now we enter case three. Which is called the... The Inherited Turnabout. Alright, so we start this case with in Edward's office, don't we? No, we started no. at the... at the. We started, actually, it starts in Ray's office. And Ray is, is talking to a photo of Gregory Edgeworth being like, I'm gonna show your boy what happened. And then we go flash to the date stamped. We're at a museum. And uh, and so we're at a museum, and it's the grand opening of this place called the Zodiac Art Gallery, and it just so happens to be the scene of the crime of Gregory's last case before he died. Wow! Yeah, wow, the IS-7 incident. So Ray invited Edgeworth, oh yeah, for clarity, I'm going to say Edgeworth for Miles Edgeworth for the most part, and or Miles for him, and then I'm going to call Gregory Gregory. I do struggle calling Miles Edgeworth Miles. I do too, and I think it's less of a struggle for me to call Gregory Gregory. Yes, so. or Papa is how or we Papa, also have calls yeah. him. <laughs> we got so just so so you don't get confused by the Edgeworths. I'm almost entirely calling Edgeworth Miles Edgeworth Edgeworth. Gregory is Gregory or Greg or Papa or whatever. So yeah. 
Um, so it's the scene of Gregor's last case, the IS-7 incident, and Ray's like, did you know that? And Edgeworth's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you invited me here, and when you did, I went and read all the files because Manfred gave them to me when I became a prosecutor. Um, and Ray's like, well, that's nice, but I was actually there, so time for a flashback. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. So we're Gregory now. Ray's our plucky sidekick. We both work for the Edgeworth Law Offices. Stephanie, can you describe what Gregory and Ray look like? Sure. Uh, let's start with Gregory, because I feel it's a bit more iconic. He is very sleek, hair sleeked back, thick square glasses. Uh, he's wearing a fedora and a trench coat, but he's wearing a suit underneath, and he just looks very polished, very prim, very proper, very put together. Um, Ray, sweet baby Ray... <laughs> is a bit more of like your plucky teen sidekick face. Very glowy eyes, very sparkly eyes. He's wearing, I don't know how to describe what what hat Ray's wearing. Yeah, I don't know the word for it, but like when you think of, so think of in your head a straw hat, right? Like a farmer straw hat. It's Mm -hmm. flat on top. It's got a little bit, like it's not very tall. And then it's got a brim. So shorten the brim on that so it's less embarrassing and make it out of cloth instead of straw. And that's what he's wearing. It's a pork pie hat. I think I Google. I was Googling hats the other day. Is it a pork pie? I thought a pork pie was roundy round. Hmm. Now I have to check. Maybe that's a bowler. Because I was trying to figure out, find a hat for me. Yeah, pork pie is pork pie is flat on top. Okay, so it's a pork pie hat. Yeah, so it's a pork pie hat. Uh, so that's the hat he's wearing. And then he is dressed like a kid from the early 2000s, which is to say a long sleeve striped shirt with a short sleeve button up over it. Um, which I'll say, like, it is. it does take place in 2000 technically, so good job for them. But also, like, hey, I still miss the, short, the long sleeves under short sleeves t-shirts look. Oh, no, I am for that look. It's a good look. Um, I never then, did the button up. I never did open button up over a long sleeve, like short sleeve button up over a long sleeve, but that was a look. It's just mm-hmm. not one that I miss as much. Yeah. And uh, uh, his his short sleeve has like a little like star thing on the sleeve. Uh, and his shirt is like dark and light pink striped. Uh, and I don't know what he looks like from the waist down. That's fine. Uh, his hair has been, instead of like froed out to the side, it is like pulled back. Not quite into a bun, but like a, like just, it's just all in the back instead of on the sides. Yeah, it's like slick back. It's a little fluffy too. Yeah, it's a fl- right, it's it's fluffy curly hair. Fluffy curly hair. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about the important thing about baby Ray. No, we'll talk about that later. We'll yeah. get to that in a bit. That's just what they look like. That's just what I they want look to like. Paint a word picture for those who have not played this game. So you have an early 2000s teen and a very film noir polished uh, defense attorney. During this whole case, like, Greg likes to give little snippets about his son. Like, things will remind him about his son, and he'll he'll refer to him as my son. And then he'll say, like, my son prefers law books to fairy tales and stuff like that. It's cute, but it also makes, like, Miles Edgeworth sound like a real fucking joyless, like, young Sheldon-ass character. It really does. We, we made a lot of jokes about it, but, like, it sounded like Gregory, when he ref- talks about Edgeworth is referring to a child he wishes would act like a child, but refuses to. And it, yeah, it makes me ask a lot of questions of like, how did, so if Gregory is unhappy with how Miles is, 
as a young child, right? He doesn't, mm-hmm. he's like, how did Gregory like synthesize this joyless child and yet is disappointed in it? <laughs> I don't understand. I have theories, but we can get into those later. We'll get into those later. <laughs> okay, so it's Christmas Eve. The IS7, or it's uh, Christmas yes, Day. Almost Christmas. Oh, it's no, it, no, it's actually Christmas Day Christmas. because the Moida happened on Christmas Eve. Right. So IS7 and Merry Christmas. We're here at the mansion of our client, Jeffrey Masters. Oh, no, or maybe we're not. No, we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the mansion of our client, Jeffrey Masters, professional dessert chef and host of a children's singing, dancing, dessert contest, cooking TV show called Piece of Cake, which he hosts with his adopted daughter, Catherine Hall. Is that what their relationship is? <laughs> we get to that later. Okay. We don't know that yet. But later we will. Okay. I think it. I think I want to clarify at the moment that it is adopted daughter because we're gonna later get into how it's weird and fucked up. <laughs> well, because I never quite understood that, and we played it. I, I, I just I missed probably the part where they established that with words. But like, I don't know if it's legally adopted. But we will get to the part where they establish that with words. Okay. Okay. Um. So. Masters is like a tall dude, a big shouldered dude. He's wearing a tuxedo looking thing, but he's got the sleeves rolled up. He wears a red bow tie. He has a big old, big old fluffy afro. uh, And he's very boisterous and he sings a lot. Catherine Hall has big hair and wears like a ribbon in her hair. And she's wearing like a prim and proper little green dress, fluffy green dress with puff sleeves and, um, an apron. I'm doing this from memory, so I might be getting some stuff wrong. Um, but she also likes to sing. They both like sing a lot of their dialogue. So that's them. We introduced them because uh, teen, teen Sweet Baby Ray is a big fan of this TV show. And Gregory's like, oh, maybe I should have my son watch it. <laughs> but unrelated to the show, Jeff Masters is hosting a contest that's like a best dessert chef in the whole world competition. The finals of it were on Christmas Eve here in his mansion. Each of the contestants was working in their, like, own little room during the competition. Jeff Master was making his own, like, elaborate show-offy chocolate dessert sailboat in one of the rooms. And then during the judging, the body of one of the contestants is found. His name is Isaac Dover, and he's found in a chocolate treasure chest in the base of Jeff Master's huge chocolate sailboat installation. So he gets arrested. Now he's our client. So we're here to investigate. Catherine Hall is in the lobby. The lobby of the mansion has a fountain. Is it a lobby? Do mansions have lobbies? I, I don't... Oh, I, I am not a mansion person. Surprise, surprise. I sit in my apartment closet to record. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think traditionally they have lobbies. They might have a receiving room. But I mean, I remember what they called it in the game was something like the fountain patio. Yes, that's right. But it's a lobby. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's more like when you enter a museum and it has a fountain in there. Like, it's it's very much not like a house at all. Yeah. But it is so indoors. Put a, put a pin in that museum thing, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. indoors. That's why it's like, if it was a, I think of a patio as open Outside. air. But this one is not open air. Yeah. Anyway, so we're in the, we're in the lobby. Catherine Hall's there. She offers Greg and Ray some tea, some Ceylon tea from, like, this weird designer tea set that looks like a a crescent moon, and um, the cups are star-shaped, and it's made by her and Mr. Masters' favorite sculptor, Pierre Hoquette. 
That's important later, so put, keep that in mind. <laughs> we go to the murder room, and Detective Bed is here. And hey. he's suspicious of us, but he lets us investigate anyway, but only if he can, like, follow us around over the, over our shoulder the whole time. Bad looks the same as he did in the last game, but he's, uh, through dialogue you learn he's a younger cop. He's still fresh. Or His so, jacket doesn't have bullet holes in it. Yeah, he's a fresh detective from what you can yeah. gather. Um, so we're looking around. This is the room with the elaborate chocolate sailboat, and then, like, everything on the walls is made out of chocolate. Everything's made out of chocolate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, picture frames the boat it's also very cold in here there's sophisticated temperature controls in each room that's important later and then there's a stream that runs through all the rooms that connects to the fountain in the fountain patio lobby Mm -hmm. the lid of the chocolate treasure chest at the base of the chocolate boat because the boat is positioned like the front of the boat the hull or whatever is is pointed down and the butt of the boat this is up in the air the stern I know boat words, but anyway, so it's like flying in the, and then, so, but the boat has actually fallen forward onto this treasure chest, cracked it open. That's where the body was found. We look in there. There's no body in there. Um, but there is like a wax seal signet type thing that has a pH on it and the pH is inside of a snowflake. And so Gregory's like, weird how they missed this one, huh? (laughs) Let me just slip that in my pocket. (laughs) Um, and we discover that, like, the treasure chest is cracked because one of the stands that was supporting the big boat broke and it, like, slid forward. Bad doesn't know this for some reason. Bad doesn't know anything. He actually doesn't know what the murder weapon is. He says we have to ask the prosecutor about that. But we do have a picture taken by Catherine Hall when she discovered the body. The body's wrapped in a blue cloth. But Gregory notices that the blood stain in the picture is missing in the real life one. But nobody knows why. Hmm. Weird how this magical blood stain disappeared. Oh. And that we talked to the forensics guys and they did not clean it. So one of the few things in the room not made of chocolate is the grand prize. It's a recipe book called the Angel's Recipe. Uh, we learned that the rules of the competition is that like one of them is that everything that these people sculpt has to be made of sweets. And... We also noticed that little bits of all of the chocolate pieces are missing and somebody has left a handprint without fingerprints on the picture frame where the grand prize was kept. Because the picture frame where the grand prize is kept is actually made out of chocolate, but the grand prize is not made out of chocolate. That's important. (laughs) Um, We meet Dan Gustavia. He's another contestant. His specialty is sugar and candy sculpting. Stephanie, describe Dane Gustavia. Dane Gustavia, I would describe as a, like, samurai-looking dude. Very classic, like, he's wearing a chef's hat. Um, and, like, a chef's coat. And a chef's and coat. And it's red, I think. It's red when he's young. Spoilers. Uh, so he's got, a tall, <laughs> like, the tall red chef hat and a red chef coat and then a yellow like neckerchief around his neck it's tied weird but whatever he's got a split long mustache and his most distinguishing feature is he's got a scar across his one eye his left eye and it cuts his hat a little bit um and his he... his little thingy his little neckerchief is tied to look like a pastry bag a piping uh, bag oh you're right that's what that is um uh, and so he, what his main sugar spinning thing is he, like, pulls out, like, this, like, 
it looks like a, a turkey baster, really. Uh, and he like puffs long, air. Long turkey baster. <laughs> a, a long turkey baster. He puffs air into it and then he does a spin thing with, with his animation and then he makes things out of it. And they're mostly shitty. Or not what he's trying to make. Yeah, he's yeah he's not very good at it at this point. Uh, As, like, put a pin in that. <laughs> spoilers. Um, so we talked to him, like, not about much right now, just kind of getting to beat him. Um, but it's, like, kind of curious that Bad doesn't know anything and nobody knows anything. So Gregory's like, what the fuck's up with that? Bad's talking about Manfred, like Manfred's controlling everything. Um, and Manfred has this reputation but Gregory is very judicious about it. And he's like, I don't think anyone should ever be judged by their reputation alone. You know, dignified and all that. Yeah. Um, we're about to leave the room. So I don't remember when this happened, but we do have to talk about it. Is we learn the terrible truth in this room that young Ray Shields takes notes on everything and then eats them. Yes, we do learn that in this room. Is before we start, or when we first start talking to Bad, I believe is when this happens. I think so. And it's a crime. It's 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 a... It's a it's a crime that should have been punished by death. I can't remember if the explanation for that was that Ray wants to. It's how he remembers. This is this is going to sound terrible. Wants to incorporate the information into his physical body so that he remembers it. Basically, that... like that's not verbatim what he said, but that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, like, that's I... the, that's the the gist of why he eats the paper. He has to digest the information, but not like that. Like it's anyway. No, saying he would digest the information would have been a funny pun. That yeah, that would have been funny, but like they didn't say it like that. <laughs> they said he has to incorporate it into himself so he can remember. <laughs> it's just wild and adult ray does not exhibit any proclivity towards this no he's not in when we were in the prison he was not licking objects or anything <laughs> oh my god can you can you fucking imagine if this wasn't like a, a the kind of game it is right or a game even if this was like a tv show and the fuck like look hey this is this is a very big segue but let's say this is a tv show and the actor who's playing ray is like told the young version of you eats paper, but you've outgrown this. And then the actor goes, oh, yeah? And so in the background, like Legolas in, in Lord of the Rings, in the background of every single shot, you see this fucking character just, like, taking paper and sniffing it. Or, like, just, like, listening to the crisp of it, nibbling it a little. Like, oh my God. that's what would happen if this was a TV show. It is. It is. But also, like, what the fuck? I mean, it just... So I didn't see... I didn't see this coming at all. I didn't see it coming at all, but I also didn't see the fucking Spider-Man movie. What was it? What's the black Spider-Man suit? Venom. So I didn't see Venom, but it is is traveled around the internet at great length that there is a scene in Venom where they're in a restaurant with a lobster tank and the actor chose, this is not in the script, but the actor chooses to jump into the lobster tank and eat one of the live lobsters during the filming. And that made it into the movie. That's what this is like. <laughs> yes. Yes. But but Ray Shields is not possessed by an evil Venom suit or whatever. Ray Shields is just a teen. Just a weird teen boy. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, this is not the most upsetting fact about Ray. No. But we'll, we're going to get into that next case. <laughs> if this was the most upsetting fact about Ray, 
Ray would be a very whimsical character. Ray would be, I would be so happy if this was the worst thing about Ray. Unfortunately, it's not. It's However, not. I don't Table know if the, if the Japanese writers thought that this was the worst thing about Ray. Like, if you were to ask them, like, what's the worst thing about Ray? <laughs> would they answer this? Or would they answer the other thing? I don't know. This could be in our, question, our questions at the, at the end game recap. Yes. Well, I mean, we will talk about this probably next case at great length, but also in the very end at great length. We'll get it. We'll get into it. Yeah. But also, yeah. maybe we haven't reached the worst thing about Ray yet. So we'll see. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, we go to a different room. It's Delicia Scones' room. She's another contestant. Her specialty is cream, and she's built a whole castle made of cream. Uh, Delicia's... Uh, small and plump and dressed in like a pink chef uniform and she's very got very roundy roundy cheeks which she blows out when she's mad she's like um she's implied to be ancient but does not look (laughs) yeah yeah delicia's age is question marks and uh she yeah she she looks she looks maybe 50 and uh it is implied she is much older and uh gives off like a cro- like a I don't want to say Mary Berry vibes, but like she gives off the vibe like she is a like a homely grandma baker kind of lady. Yeah, she's always like stirring a bowl, um, I guess full of cream. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, she's got little fluffy hair coming out of her little pink chef hat. She's, she's very cute. adorable. Yeah, um, um, and I think she's implied she's or she's not implied. I think she's English. Oh, yeah, because of the slang that she uses. Yeah. I think Um, it's also in her bio. Potentially. Yeah, anyway. Um, So anyway, we're about to meet Delicia when who steps out of the castle? It's Manfred von Karma stepping out of a fairy tale cream castle. (laughs) I was not ready for that. (laughs) So (laughs) Gregory tries to be nice to Manfred and, and, and introduce himself, but Manfred's a huge asshole, and so he's like, you're merely a defense attorney who exists to be crushed by me, Manfred von Karma, and then he just, like, leaves. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Thanks, Manfred. He's gonna go look at Dane Gustavia's room, and no, you can't come. We ask, and he does say no. Yeah, we ask, and he says no. Um, so we're still here in Delicia's room. The gang notices, boy, it's warm in here. Too warm for cream. Because <laughs> in the last room, we learned the temperature at which cream is sustained. 55 <laughs> degrees or something. So Detective Bad goes into the castle and discovers that it's, like, full of blue cloth and, like, these big, huge Himalayan rock salt lamps, although they don't call them that. We have to discover that they're rock salt lamps later. <laughs> One of them has blood on it. So we go to Delicia and she's like, oh, those were decor for the outside of the castle. This is against the rules. And the and we have the forensics boys look and the, uh, turns out that blood is the victim's. And Bad's like, Manfred hid this from you. so And he probably told Delicia not to talk to you. And so we are like, hey, Delicia, did Manfred tell you not to talk to us? And she's like, yeah, but I'll talk to you anyway. <laughs> So she admits that, like, we're like, what's going on? What's the deal? And she admits that there was a tea break in the middle of the competition. And then she actually didn't go to tea. She actually went to the Mr. Master's room. This is also against the rules. And she ate everything. Yeah. She just wanted a taste of everything. <laughs> she wanted to taste everything. So it, she ate, including the supports for the ship, which later caused it to fall on top of that chocolate treasure, guys. 
Like, of all the things to taste, you're like, that looks important. I'm like... She is an agent of chaos without <laughs> intending to be. Right. And so we, like, keep grilling her and, like, uh, a little more about, like, how she doesn't know shit about cream and stuff. She, like, and also was like, like, it was cold in here. I turned up the temperature. Yeah. She's just like, it was too chilly. I couldn't work. And it's like, oh, my God. Delizia. So the... We and we're like, why'd you break every literally every single rule? And she's like, we just she doesn't know shit. And so she eventually nope. reveals to us that indeed she doesn't know shit. Her cream <laughs> castle is fake. It's made of pre-constructed like cardboard that she just slathered cream on it. And we're like, hmm, maybe she's not a pastry chef. <laughs> it takes no, Gregory a while to reach that conclusion when michelle and, and i were like if she turned the temperature down she doesn't know anything she's clearly not a pastry chef <laughs> right. um anyway we leave without questioning her further about this i guess we're just tired tired so we go back to the fountain room and we have a little scuffle with manfred who's not happy that we found the murder weapon um we do a bit of accusing delicia like this she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about why is our client arrested and, and, like, why was her blue cloth wrapped around the body, you know, like, that she was going to cheat with? And Manfred's like, Mr. Masters disqualified Delicia for cheating. So, like, apparently that means that Masters is still a suspect because Delicia wouldn't kill another contestant if she'd been disqualified. I don't know. Anyway, Delicia confesses that, oh, no, she is not actually a pastry chef she's a pharmacist and she entered this competition solely because she wanted to eat mr master's chocolate but she says that handprint with no fingerprints on the chocolate picture frame with the prize in it definitely wasn't mine do we ever figure out whose hand that is i don't know (laughs) (laughs) to be honest i don't remember i think we do i think it's the all the real murderer's handprint that's what I had assumed, but I also have suspicions we did not learn everything we should have about this case after completing it. Well, it certainly was one of those things where it's like, this has been in my evidence for a really fucking long time, and I've never used it. Yeah, that one for sure came, became one of those things. <laughs> yeah, um, but she also says at this point that she snuck into Isaac Dover's room and ate his sweets too, but one of them was too salty. Oh, so. yes, that's right. So we are like, okay, well, let's go into Dover's room. And oh no, all the sculptures are melted and the floor is covered in puddles of ice cream? Sherbet? Ice? Sherbet? Sherbet. Oh no. And so that's the end of story time part one. And so, <laughs> and so we get we do come out and we're back to Ray talking to his audience of Edgeworth and whoever else is there. No, it's just Edgeworth right now. Oh, it's like just this Edgeworth. is we have we have just hey, you invited me to come to this museum. Yes, I did. Why don't I tell you a story about your daddy? And so, we come so yeah, Ray's like, well, let's. And the reason I've told you this story is because actually the exhibit here at the museum is showing off those exact sculptures, and we're like, is it real ones? Is it fake ones? Who knows? That's why we're here. And Edgeworth's like, damn, that was way more detailed than the files that Manfred gave me. Maybe eating your notes really works. <laughs> No, he doesn't say that. No, absolutely. Just ignores that part. <laughs> so Ray's like, let's go. And and he goes to go in the farthest right room. And Edward's like, well, <laughs> actually, the, the pamphlet from the entryway says that that's not the right room, Raymond Shields. And Ray's like, but this was the right room 18 years ago. Oh, well. And so they go in the correct room, which is the second most right room, which is the Winter Palace. 
So anyway, go to the Wizard Palace. There's sculptures. It's beautiful. They're all Zodiac themed. So we look at Taurus and Gemini and we take a selfie with Ray and then shit breaks bad. They're screaming. We run outside back to the fountain room. It's Larry Butts screaming next to an unconscious Dane Gustavia who's just emerged from that door that Ray almost walked into, which is called the Autumn Palace. Fade to black. Come back. Dane Gustavia is getting medical attention. He's not dead. He's just been poisoned. Kay and Gumshoe show up. We talk to Larry. Oh, Catherine Hall's here. She's actually bought the mansion and is the museum curator now. Do you want some tea? <laughs> so we're, we're like, not, you know, time to play logic chess with Larry. And it's simply because Larry doesn't want to tell us things. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, because Larry's garbage. It must just be that. I mean, the, it's either just because Larry's garbage or because the thing we talk about a lot is that Edgeworth takes this extremely accusatory tone with everyone and so larry's like you're gonna be mean to me so i don't want to talk to you which would be justified if it wasn't larry butts <laughs> yeah so we play logic with that with larry it uh, it's very long and convoluted only to discover that larry picked the wrong room also he was actually here to draw, draw that gemini sculpture that we saw no one was in the security booth when he got here so he did not pay his entry fee when he went to open the door to the Autumn Palace, he saw the Gemini sculpture weeping tears of blood and transforming into fish people. And that's why he screamed, not because Dane Gustavia fell on him. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Uh, it was, Ed Edgeworth goes, don't be stupid, dum-dum. That was actually the Pisces statue. And Larry's like, but there was a transformation. And so it was actually wrapped in a cloth, Larry, and the cloth fell down and you're an idiot. But now, so we have this information from Larry, but what does it mean? We have to figure out what it really means. Gumshoe's off investigating the Autumn Palace at this time. He finds a gas torch burner thingy on the ground a fallen stepladder, and then that the lid of the case of the Pisces sculpture is askew and cracked. And so Gumshoe's like, somebody did open the open the case with the boina. And that's what, anyway, we talk a lot about thermal shock. <laughs> like, if it's a cold thing and you put fire on it, it cracks, right? Right. And that the cloth on the floor is a fluorescent cloth. Oh, just like the ones that Delicia was going to use for decoration 18 years ago. How weird. And somebody worked very hard to make this one, this room, look like the Winter Palace, the one we went into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does this mean? I don't know. Sebastian's here. Sebastian and Judge Courtney show up just in time. And they're like, Larry Butts did it. And we're like, yep. Arrest him. <laughs> get <laughs> no, that fucker out of here. Get him out. So, no, we, we, uh, we don't say arrest Larry. They accuse Larry because Dane Gustavia has been poisoned with a special gas that's made by combining two chemicals normalium and fatalium and that normalium is as its name implies something normal that can be found in normal shit like red paint and he larry's here to paint so that's why it's, we sort of managed to convince them that larry's just an idiot and that it's not this when uh, who shows up it's delicia scones she's actually friends with katie hull now how nice she could tell us about poisons so we go have you ever heard of normalium and fatalium? And she's like, oh, yes. Fatalium is super rare and can only be found in things like megatoxin X, which is a weed killer that I happen to keep on my person at all times, except last week when mine was stolen. 
while I was here, in fact, helping my friend Katie Hall set up her exhibit. Weird, huh? How that happened? Yeah, I just need to pause here and be like, hey, like, I'm usually really good about separating my facts and my fiction. And I'm not saying because I live with a pharmacist I know anything, but if, if, if the pharmacist I live with brings home any drugs, that's how that person gets fired. Like, you yeah. cannot take drugs out of the pharmacy. Uh, or, like, if she's, because I think it's kind of implied that she's, like, an experimental pharmacist. She doesn't distribute pharmacy pharmaceuticals to patients. She, like, develops new pharmaceuticals. Um, but that's different than, I said weed killer, but I think Megatoxin X is actually an insecticide. Um, pharmacists don't develop insecticide. Mm-mm. No. Pharmacists shouldn't carry something around called Megatoxin X. <laughs> it's just, like, it's either, like... Just, like, you're just supposed to just not know literally anything about anything and just let it go. Or it's, like, super suspicious and it's going to come back around in the last case or something. But, like, I think it's just you're supposed to let it go. Yeah, I think we're supposed to let this one go. I do want to talk about that because as we get to the end of this case, like, as is sort of all impressions. We'll talk about it close to the end, but overall impressions of this case because I got a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So, oh, no, my Megatoxin X was stolen. Um... Well, it sounds like you're a suspect, asshole. And yeah, and so Sebastian and, and Judge Courtney say, actually, a bottle of Megatoxin X was found in Dane Gustavia's pocket with your fingerprints on it, Delicia. What the fuck? And she's like, I filed a report. I filed a police report when it got lost a week ago, and I have it right here in my bag next to my fluorescent cloth that's wet. I have it here in my wet bag with my wet fluorescent cloth. Yeah, because she just <laughs> shoved that wet fluorescent cloth that was floating in a fountain right in her bag. But we ignore that for a second. We're like, as they are like talking, looking over the police report, we're talking to Ray and we're like, this is weird because why would she commit the crime in the literally the most self-incriminating way possible? Which is true that this is Ace Attorney, but why would she do it like this? For some reason, she's just not immediately arrested. Uh, Probably because we don't, we the player have not been given enough time to like her personally. (laughs) I don't know. I like her more than Larry. Oh, I yeah, I I liked Alicia as a character, I, but they made her very endearing. Uh, Larry, just the whole time he's there, it's just like, you don't have Larry, too. You have Larice. You have oh, yeah, Larry the artist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just, uh, it's just a, it's just a lot. It's just a lot yeah. of Larry. It's just a lot. So but Del- anyway, so Delicia can stay. Um Edgeworth is like, it's probably Katie Hall, right? It sounds like Katie Hall's the only one who had enough time to pull this out. And Ray's, like, not happy about this, but he's also not surprised by this. Yeah. Sebastian and his team decides to go off to question Katie Hall, because it's only logical that they would at this point. They send Gumshoe, because Gumshoe doesn't work for us because we're not on the case. Gumshoe is sent to investigate the Winter Palace, the room that we went into. Um, We're not allowed to go do either one, so... Kay's a little bit pouty, and she's like, I'm gonna go sit by the fountain, and then a dead body floats up next to her. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I... But no, Stephanie, we don't have time for that. Gumshoe runs out of the Winter Palace, screaming that the sculptures have melted again. Ah! Uh, just like 18 years ago. Okay, what were you gonna say about uh, that? All I was gonna say is, like, I know a finger, I know a couple things about fountain construction, and there's just no fucking way a dead body could just pop Wait. out of one of those babies. Wait, so you don't you don't know enough because you live with a pharmacist, so you don't know things. But let me just say, what do you know about fountain construction? 
basically is my brother had to build a replica of the Buckingham Fountain for a fifth grade project, and I, my mom was gung ho about making it functional. Oh wow! Okay. So we've we made it. To be fair, it was not Buckingham Fountain size. It was miniature, but like. It's just not, like, that's just, like, the way they circulate and the way those tubes are, they're not people-sized. <laughs> Fountains just oh. don't have tubes that are people-sized. They don't have, but we know, that we know because of, we know what happens later is that this body didn't float down no tubes, Stephanie. Well, yeah, it's true. It's just, like, that's what you're, you know, led to believe that's what happened. And it's just, yeah. all, but it's just, like, also it's, like, recycled water. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they keep not changing out the water at this mansion, but whatever. Yeah, just, just the thing to think about is that that's got some nasty-ass, old-ass bloody water circulating, mm-hmm. but let, we can move on. So we don't... Ray thinks that now is the perfect time to continue his story. Yes, he does, <laughs> strangely enough. So we have a flashback now. Um, So we flashback to 18 years ago, Greg, Greg and baby Ray, um, the sculptures have melted. Ah, so Manfred kicks us out of the room where the sculpture's melted, and we go to talk to Katie. We go eat chocolate with her, um, and it's she's she's like, I'm not as good at desserts as masters, but I'm working on it. And she gives us some lumpy pocket chocolate, and it's too sweet. Um, mm-hmm. And she explains that one, she was an orphan, and one day she wandered onto master's doorstep, and then he adopted her. Or took her in, I think is the phrasing that they use. And so she's grown up with Masters, and she cares about him a great deal because he's made so many sacrifices to take care of her, and she hopes that she can repay him in any way possible, and that's why she's training so hard to get good at dessert making. Mm-hmm. And It's very sad and tragic. <laughs> yeah, and so... She's a proper Ace Attorney orphan. Yeah, and Gregory's like, wow, that's very sad and tragic. Do you know anything about the victim Isaac Dover? And she's like, no, I didn't really know him, but here's a picture I took about the sculptures before they melted. And Gregor's like, wow, it's really weird how he forgot to put the strings on the lyre in the Gemini sculpture. It's just, like, blank. And Katie's like, that's so unlike him. He would never do that. And we're like, I thought you didn't know anything about Isaac Dover. And she's like, uh, I guess that it's just the vibe I get from him. Like, it's just his vibe that he would not forget something like that. That's important. Weird. Weird. So we're like, we go on for an extremely long amount of time about this picture and the pictures that she took, because, like, there's only one camera, and it was a Polaroid, and Masters was taking pictures for judging, but it needed more film. So she went to get some film, and then on the way back, she heard a crash, and that's when she discovered the body and took a picture. But that timeline doesn't match up, because why did it run out of film if she hadn't this, that, and the other thing? Anyway, Delicia, during this, while we're talking about Polaroids for an hour, Delicia is released from Manfred's questioning. So we're like, hey, Delicia, get a load of this picture. And she's like, hell yeah, I ate one of those liar strings. It was salty. <laughs> so I only ate one of them. And also I saw the sculpture and it had a PH on the back. And we're like, <gasps> a PH, that's Pierre Hoquette. That's on the bottom of his all of his sculptures, a PH, because it's Pierre Hoquette. Isaac Dover was Pierre Hoquette. You know? Yeah. And then Hall is a fangirl of Pierre Hoquette. It's all coming together, baby. And so she actually used up all the film prior to discovering the body, to take pictures, or not prior to discovering the body, prior to photographing the body, after discovering, because she realized that it was Pierre Hoquette, she realized that the sculptures were his final creations, so she went and used up all the film, and then showed Master, and he was like, I need more film, so she went and got more film, and then took a picture of the dead body. Great. 
did you melt them? Did you melt them? All we care about is, did you melt them? She says, I must have tripped over the power cord. I feel awful. Oh, no. And then Manfred releases Dane Gustavia, and so they both come out, Manfred and Dane Gustavia, and she's immediately like, oh, no, Mr. Prosecutor, I'm so sorry. I must have tripped over the power cord. It's my fault. It's my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm so deeply sorry that I melted the sculptures of my favorite sculptor in the world. His final work, I can't. So Gregory's like, I don't buy this shit for a second. (laughs) Mm, but we're kicked out so that's all for today (laughs) yeah yeah basically she's just so sorry she's so so sorry and she's not just sorry for destroying the sculptures she's more sorry for lying to us and wasting our time she's so so sorry for wasting everyone's time and like a little bit about the sculptures but mostly about how sorry she is about wasting our time and lying Suspicious. So the next day, <laughs> the next day we go see Masters the Detention Center. Katie's there too, and she's still so very sorry for wasting our time. And she's so sorry to Masters for being a liar and betraying him for how he raised her. And I, God, shut up, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Masters comes out and he's been straight up tortured uh, to confess for this crime. And it's so bad that his hair is turned completely white. Overnight. It was completely black before and overnight turned right. completely white. So now he's like a big white fluffy afro and he looks terrible and sad and uh, like exhausted. And I would love to talk more about how they literally tortured this dude. But we don't talk about it. Instead, we're like, we could make him feel better with some pocket chocolate. And so we, we get Detective Bag to sneak him some pocket chocolate against the rules. But he's a homie, so he lets us do it. And he and Masters gets a little energy back so we can ask him about the case. go on (laughs) so masters tells us that we're like what about these contestants brah tell us about them masters tells us danga savia was like really good in the in the running up rounds even though him and and isaac dover slash pierre hoquet his shit their shit looked the same but they both tasted really good um but in the final round danga savia kind of like looked like shit and didn't taste good and then Isaac Dover, his shit looked good and tasted good. And we're like, well, did you eat the liar strings? And he's like, yeah, that's the only part I ate. And they were like, great. And we're like, but they were actually salty. And he's like, oh, no, oh, it's true. You've discovered my secret. I have a terrible medical disease called hypogeusia, hypogeusia, hypo, hypogeusia, where he can't taste anything salty. He was in denial about it. He didn't want to admit that he had it. But now that we've brought it up, yeah, he has it. Luckily, the Angel Recipe Book is actually a book of experimental pharmaceutical recipes. And the cure for hypogeusia is just in there. Ta-da! Ta-da! He's like, it's fine. As long as I can get out of prison, I can cure my terrible debilitating disease where I can't taste salt. And we're like, <laughs> I, the play- I, the player, I'm like, yo, bro, <laughs> bro. Well, this is, this is the part where me, the player, goes, the fuck do you mean you had a secret book of pharmaceutical recipes, including the cure for the one disease that you were thinking that you might have, but you were trying to be a little bit in denial about it, and that you didn't do anything about that before this point? Yeah, it's pretty fucking weird. Like, why not just take, if you think you might have hypogeusia, and you're like, oh, I don't want to really think about that. But if the cure is not literal poison, why don't you just whip yourself up the cure for hypogeusia, take it, and just see what happens. You're the only one who can, and no one will ever know. Yeah, I, 
I'm it's confusing. I'll just say that. So, uh, but let's setting, go. It's we can keep going, but it's also like setting aside all the stuff where it's like, why do you have this uh, pharmaceutical care book? Why did you put that as the prize for this? We're gonna get into all that later, but just like bare bones. Why didn't you cure yourself? Oh well. Anyway, yeah. keeping going. Um, he kind of does a speech about like, I have to live not just for my sake, but for Katie Hall's. This causes her to become so emotional she flees the room as we continue talking to him. And he's like, I care about her a whole lot and I need to live for her. And Gregory's like, that's weird because she only lives for you. So this seems like real toxic and shit. Anyway, (laughs) they're probably going to keep torching you, my homie. Like, stay strong. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm glad that you're in my corner and shit. And Gregory's like, I'll just keep fighting for you to the bitter end. And Ray's like, I'm going to visit you every single day until we get you out. And then they all just gambate each other and leave. Yeah. It's a good summary. Good summary. So we go back to the mansion. Bad's like, unfortunately, you're not allowed to go in any of the rooms because Manfred's mad at you. So you can only be here in the the fountain lobby. Edgeworth's like, all right, well, we'll do our best. Um, and do we scour that fountain lobby? <laughs> boy, oh boy, do we ever. We talked to the forensics guys. They found traces of chocolate, sherbet, and blood in the fountain water. Nasty. This is fucking gross. Nasty. Just putting that out Gregory, there. Yeah. Gregory's like, um, I remember that a piece of the chocolate chest was taken out. The part where all the blood was. Um, do you think maybe that they melted it in the water? And Bad orders like, by God. And he orders a test. And uh, it turns out, indeed, they match. The murder weapon blood <laughs> from the, from the rock, rock salt lamp. The chocolate from the chest. Does it all match? Yes. Oh, it's all coming together. We talked to Hall. She went and showed us the a photo she took of the semifinals so we can see that like exact Isaac Dover and Gustavia's design style is like exactly the same in the semifinals, uh, which we already knew. Yeah. And then she says that Gustavia's son would like come visit every single day during the semifinals, but he did not come visit during the finals. That's important. Yeah, we're like, oh, interesting. Um, so we're we're talking to her and we're like, tell us more about this fucking pharmaceutical angels recipe book. All the finalists knew that the prize was something completely useless to a dessert chef. And then she's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Turns out that Master's the heir to a pharmaceutical company known as the Master Group. And so that Master's parents left the book for him when they died because they wanted him to take over the company, but he didn't want to. So he was just going to give it away. Huh. The company wasn't happy about this, and so Delicia Scones actually works for the Masters Company Pharmaceutical Company and was sent there to win the book. Yeah, which she can't, like, they pick someone who can't cook. But instead, they pick someone that Katie Hall would help cheat so that she can protect Master, is what she says. It doesn't really make sense to me. I don't understand why they did that. No, it, I feel like there were better ways to try to get the recipe book company. But For sure. This is the way they chose, so this is this is what happened. Yeah. Um, but we're like, okay, well, we got to talk to Dane Gustavia. Well, who shows up is Manfred von Karma. And Manfred von Karma is like, there's no relationship between Isaac Dover and Gustavia. And, well, turns out, actually, their sons were friends. So here's a here's a picture that we have of how their sons were friends, and here's a picture of the semifinals that shows that they collaborated on their designs because their shit looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so we, Gregory's like, look at these. And Von, he asks, like, what's, explain this. And so Von Karma's like, well, that it was, they were just competing in order to get to the finals. And then it was man's honor that they did it themselves. And right. I'm leaving. Right. And Edward's like, well, if Pierre Hoquette, the sculptor, gave up on the dessert maker guy, then his shit would taste bad. But Delicia said it tasted good, except for that one part of it. That was salty. And Von Karma's like, that's coincidence. Blah. And so um, Ray is just like, how did he even make those big ass sculptures? Because they like sherbet is ice cream. So it takes so long to freeze. And Gregory's like, that's my boy. He did it. He made a connection. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the conclusion is that indeed, uh, Isaac Dover's shit was made in advance before the end of the before the end of the semifinals, which would be when they were still cooperating, right? So Isaac Dover and Dane slash Pierre Hoquet and Dane Gustavia were cooperating for a, at length, including making the sculptures. And in the words of the cat returns, he's cheating. <laughs> he's cheating. And Von Karma's like, they were so wet, they were cheating. It has nothing to do with the case. And Gregory's like. Gustavia snuck into Dover's room. Uh, here's their sons. Like, uh, like uh, he's and Gustavia and Von Karma's like, well, he just wanted to get that picture that you have yourself because he would have been suspected if we had found that picture on him. Like he was, he was just protecting his own ass. It still has nothing to do with the case. And then he's like, bah humbug, and he just leaves. <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't want to do it anymore, so <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> And uh, he's he leaves to go continue investigating. And Gregory's like, what does he still fucking have to investigate? God. And then he's like, well, why don't we have an autopsy report yet? And the blood and why? And, and so Gregory has like, you know, a, a galaxy brain moment. And he's like, somebody removed the body after its discovery. And that's why we don't have uh, any autopsy report. And they also must have removed the blood stains." and then left the body to be discovered. And Von Karma's hiding this information. And uh, it was the killer who removed the body and not the police. (laughs) And so we we go to Von Karma and we ask him all these things. And Von Karma is like, Blah, 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 that detective bad. He's been not doing his job, which is to prevent you from doing anything. Uh, but you've done things, and I'm also not going to admit that any of this shit is true, and I'll see you in court. <laughs> grumble, 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 stop, stop, stop. Grumble, 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 blah, 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 perfection. So uh, Gregory is like, well, we're going to, you know, Detective Bad, can you do me one last favor? Um... Can you give me a trump card? And and so him and Bad go off to collude, and um, he doesn't tell Ray about it. Uh, and then we go back to the future, and Ray kind of summarizes what happened when we're back in the future, and he's like, Von Karma was really, like, actually really bad about it. The trial took a year because the ice sculptures disappeared, and Von Karma was doing all his cheating shit. Didn't Von Karma if, pass the case off to somebody else at a point? No. Um... No. Uh, detective, eventually it was, um, well, Jeff Masters, like, falsely confesses. In response, Edgeworth uses, or not Edgeworth, sorry, Gre- in response, Gregory uses the trump card, which is recordings of Master being forced to confess. Like, the detective, the detective who was not Detective Bad, Detective Riplacer, um, 
was dismissed. He was fired and Von Karma was penalized by the chief prosecutor. And I think that's, um, like Von Karma was on it the whole time Gregory was on it. Von Karma eventually sent someone else to do it when Ray was trying to get a retrial. That's so what it was. throughout the years since this happened, Ray has been trying to get the case retried because of all this in, in, um, problem stuff that happened. Yeah. Because the day that Manfred von Karma got the penalty is the day that Gregory Edgeworth was murdered. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. Which, like, a little disappointing that we couldn't see Gregory present that evidence in those recordings, but... Yeah. There's so much going on. There's so much, yeah. And it's it's we learned from Ray that what had, what had happened was... They were in, they were interrogating and torturing Master, and they told him that they had arrested Catherine Hall for the same charges that Master had been arrested for, and so if he doesn't confess, then she'll get pinned for it. So that's what eventually made him confess mm-hmm. falsely. Um, Ray tried to go visit every day, like he promised when he was a teen, but actually it was just Catherine Hall who visited every single day, and Ray visited every time he could. Yeah. Anyway, back to the future. So Ray is like, it's the story of your pops and the I guess seven incident. And everyone's like, there was a body. <laughs> what? And, you, and Kate hadn't heard the first part. So I'm sure Kate was just like, what is happening? Who? What? <laughs> Mr. Edg- Mr. Edgeworth, you had a dad? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, um, Edgeworth, Miles Edgeworth, is like, that's not what my files said at all. The files have been falsified. There's a discrepancy. Um, and it and Edgeworth comes to the conclusion that Von Karma altered the files so that he would not, so that Edgeworth would not like in, investigate, and and that uh, and that Edgeworth would not go looking for the real killer. Yeah. He falsified the records he gave Edgeworth, so Edgeworth would be placated. Yeah. So. Do we go back to a flashback with Gregory after that one? I don't think so. I think that's the end of being Gregory. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's the end of being Gregory. Which, uh, also, like, the mechanics in the game don't change at all when you play as Gregory, which is not a problem. It's just a, there's You don't do logic chess. No, we just do the logic connecting. Yeah. Um, but controlling him, his legs just aren't as wobbly as, as Miles are. So you don't get some <laughs> of those great, just, like, loose leg turns. But he does, uh, he does scoot very nicely. So, Sebastian and Courtney come back, and, um, Edgeworth is like, oh, this is all connected to the IS-7 incident. Uh, and they're like, yeah, you're right, because the body that was found in the fountain was the body of Isaac Dover. Blah, blah, blah. And so Judge Courtney's like, well, the police took possession of the body from the IS-7 incident. and But then Sebastian gets a call, and the call is, no, that's the same exact body from from the IS-7 incident, the one that's been missing. Um, and so now Ed- Edgeworth and Ray are like, whoa, we, this is a break in the IS-7 case. Like, we can get Masters out of prison. And so Courtney is finally like, okay, fine. Like, you two clearly are very informed about the case, so you can help us investigate. So you are allowed to be involved now. Edgeworth's goal is to find out where was this normalium, right? Right. The only clue is the normalium smells minty. Luckily, Katie Hall served us tea that tasted weirdly minty. 
And it was apparently supposed to be the same tea she gave us yesterday, the Salion tea. Mm-hmm. But Larry's still here, so we get distracted, and Larry's like, stop insulting the woman's tea, she's hot. <laughs> and we're like, so, no one asked you. Nobody fucking asked you, Larry. Like, stop, why are you so defensive about this tea? And then we are also asking her, like, so we're like, Larry's hiding something, and Katie's hiding something. So we're like, Katie, what's going on with these fucking ice sculptures? She's like, oh, well, I took all those photos of Pierre Hoquet sculptures, and so I made replicas for this um exhibit and i also like hired someone to make exact like same stylized ones for the whole zodiac and and edward's like well why did you disguise the autumn palace to look like the winter palace and she's like oh no i guess we just were confused and shit i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so she's we're like we gotta find some we gotta break her so we're like some larry knows something larry what's going on larry's larry is found a puddle of tea on the floor and Kay finds shards of porcelain in it that say PH and we're like Larry the fuck happened and he refuses to talk to us but eventually he's like yes okay I broke the fancy teapot and so I was gonna I went and grabbed another one from the bottom of the cart and I put it on the cart and don't tell don't tell Hall and don't tell Courtney, right? Like, don't tell the, the hot women that I don't want them to know that I'm bumbling. We're like, Larry, go tell the, don't go tell her you broke her extremely expensive uh, teapot made by a sculptor who's literally dead over there. <laughs> so he goes and he says, I'm sorry, I found another teapot under the service cart and I replaced it with the broken teapot. And she starts freaking out. Uh, that they were switched and not that it was broken. And so, you know, we're galaxy braining over here. Well, we're galaxy braining, but we're also like, Larry, what else did you do while we're on the topic? And he's like, no, I was just drawing pictures of the hot women. So we get to look at his hot women picture. Yeah. And so it, meanwhile, yeah. It, well, it we is... don't do that quite yet. Oh, we're no, too yet. busy okay. galaxy braining over here. So we're like, oh, the minty tea. The minty tea was actually the normalium. The normalium was hidden inside of the teapot. <gasps> Catherine Hall. What did you do? And and she's like, I don't know anything about combining two chemicals to make poison gas. And we're like, oh, <laughs> clearly you do. But we don't know that. But we can't get her on it yet. So we have to wander over to Delicia and be like, Delicia, tell us more about this poison gas. And she's like, well, the angel's recipe book contains information on preparing Nemigatoxin X. So you mean that the book that is was over there actually had the exact recipe for creating this super horrible poison gas and she's like yes <laughs> what kind of fucking recipe book is this <laughs> what kind of what kind of and it's an insecticide right so like what fucking kind of recipe book is this indeed and so we turn to ray and we're like ray what do you know about this lady and ray is like well master's relatives hated him because he was a murderer and then she like got kicked out because her dad got kicked out and then she like became an actress and then she got enough money from being an actress that she could buy the mansion back uh and she even managed to like get the angel recipe book back from the master group so she has it now oh she has the book with the exact recipe on how to make megatoxin x huh hmm hmm and the only reason that this keeps happening is it's kind of clear that ray has a crush on Hall a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I read that and it wasn't actually into it. I didn't read 
that there was an active crush happening, but I I do think Ray has that has like a weird protective fondness for her, and it's because it's a complicated case. Yeah, maybe it's not a crush, but I thought I guess I interpreted it as a crush because um, he has this protective like stuff for her, but also she's the only woman that he doesn't act- actively harass in the entire game. <laughs> I feel like it, well, he still calls her Katie Pie and all that shit. Like, yeah, that's true. I guess he doesn't. He doesn't like. You're right. He he passively harasses her. He doesn't actively harass her like he does all the other women. Yeah, uh, but I did not read it as a crush. But he is weird. He is he is um, visibly more protective of her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, we keep going. So we're like, Ray, is there anything else you didn't tell us? Like, you wanted to tell us more shit, maybe? And he's like, oh, actually, there is. Uh, Isaac Dover and Dane Gustavia both had sons, and then both the sons went missing after the IS-7 incident. And only Isaac Dover's son was ever found, but because he was gone for so long, there was never a proper funeral, and that's why they could hide the body. Or hide the fact that the body was missing, right? The police could. And we're like, what the fuck, Ray? (laughs) Edgeworth's not like what the fuck Ray. You and me are like what the fuck Ray. Well, yeah, and this is also where we learn that like there are missing children. Yeah, and we're like, why isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, like so Isaac Dover and Gustavia's son are just like, we don't know about Isaac Dover's son, but Gustavia's son is fucking missing mm-hmm. and has yep. been missing for years, and we no one cares except Michelle and myself. No one cares. <laughs> nobody cares. No, nobody cares at all. Um. So we were like, okay, thanks, Ray. And we stalk back to Larry and we're like, Larry, give us your painting. And so we grab it and it's it's creepy pictures of all the women. Um, but Katie Hall is pictured uh, pushing. Push. So in this picture, Katie Hall is pictured pushing the service cart, but it is the service cart covered in a blue tablecloth and not a white tablecloth. We also see a picture of the fountain with Delicia pulling fabric out of it. <laughs> And then Judge Courtney, she's there too. With sparkles, Judge with sparkles everywhere. Yeah, so we're like, Larry, tell us what this is. And Larry's like, okay, so I saw Katie Hall come out of the Winter Palace with a different service cart while he was cleaning up the mess with the tea, right? And then she goes into the Summer Palace and came out with a lift trolley. So she took the cart and went into this and then came back out with a different cart. And so we go and we're like, Hall... Katie Hall, what the fuck? Um, I noticed that this card in Larry's picture is covered in chocolate and it's not covered in tea set and it's a blue tablecloth and you told us once that you only 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 have white tablecloths. So like you wanna tell us what you wanna tell us? And this this was a classic ace attorney problem that just got me super stuck because I knew what the problem was. I knew it was the tablecloth. But you have to fucking go to the tablecloth and look at it. And be like, oh, I deduced this. Yeah, because she still's not telling us. So we like go over with Ray because the lift trolley's over there. And Ray is like, Isaac Dover must have used this trolley 18 years ago to transport his sculptures. And Edward's like, the trolley is wet. <laughs> like, like, we have to go into the such nitty gritty here. Yeah, it is one of those like Ace Attorney of like you have to present just the like one piece of evidence that's not very obvious or just one just mecha- it's just frustrating. But anyway, yeah. we figure it out. We're like, tell us why this tablecloth is blue and not white. Yeah. Oh, we also have to talk to Delicia about her wet 
cloth that was in the bag. And she tells us that she indeed saw it floating around in the fountain and the fountain has traces of phytalium and sugar. And she's like, God, they're going to get me for this one. So she shoves it into her purse. <laughs> and yeah. she also explains that she gave uh, Katie four fluorescent cloths. She gave Katie the, the same cloths. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's time to actually get some information from Katie Hall. We have forensics run the teapot. There is indeed normalium in it. She's finally, like, she's finally going to talk to us. And Delicia comes in and she's like, actually, I remember that I was meeting with Hall when I noticed that my Omega Toxin X had been stolen. Wow. You know. Yeah, interesting. Oh, hey. So Katie's like, no, none of this is, none of this is real evidence. You're all just saying dumb shit. The normalium could have been from anything. Anyone could have stolen the Omega Toxin X. I don't have security guards in here. What are you talking about? And so Edgeworth is like, look. You open the art gallery, and you prepared replicas of Pierroquet sculptures, and that I but I've run the water, the tests of the water, and it shows that these actually these replicas is the exact same sugar that was in the original statues 18 years ago, and so you didn't melt the statues 18 years ago. You actually hid them, and they've been hidden for 18 years. That's right. She's hid these sculptures from the police for 18 years in the mansion. Yeah, and that and the way we figured out that she hid them in the mansion is because Ray remembers that the tea that they drank 18 years ago had chilled saucers and that Daddy Gregory thought that was very like impressive. Yeah. And but it actually wasn't chilled saucers because of an intention or a rich people thing. It was chilled because it was on top of an ice sculpture that was being transported at the time and she was hiding it from us. So she actually moved them at the moment that we arrived 18 years ago and they <laughs> hidden in the mansion. And that's why you had to buy the mansion back. Yep. She had to buy the mansion back because she hid ice sculptures, made a sherbet in the mansion. The police never found them. Right. And I kept saying, I think I kept saying at this point, oh, so it's just like Parasite, which Stephanie hasn't seen Parasite, so I'm not going to elaborate. But anyone who's seen the movie Parasite, it's just like the movie Parasite. <laughs> sure. Um, so, okay. So we, we go through that whole galaxy brain thing here. Um, so she's like, yes, I stole the statues uh, and I melted some fake shit. So it would appear that the statues were melted. But you can't peg me on it because the statute of limitations ran out in 2007. <laughs> According to the wiki. I don't remember. In the game, it's like three years and seven years. Yeah, there's some... I don't remember but what the years are, but they yeah, are but I'm, there. I'm reading off of the wiki here, so I think it's seven years because that happened in 2000 and now it's 2000. It was 2007 in the wiki. So seven years. She's like, haha, you can't get me on it. And she's like, but you also stole Isaac Dover's dead body and kept it in the same place that you skipped the sculptures. Which she did not know that. <laughs> that yeah. She did not and intentionally she... take the dead body. As well, she's like, the body was actually placed inside the Gemini sculpture covered with a fluorescent cloth to make it look like it was part of the sculpture. And uh, 18 years later, you had to move the body to avert suspicion. Now, you have to move the body now. So you use the same method of, as before and dump the body into the fountain right under our noses. Oh, and, and she, Edgeworth, this is the part where Edgeworth says, you dumped it in a different room and then it floated its ass down to the fountain to be discovered by Delicia Scones. And then after she removed the cloth from the fountain, it uh, it the body surfaced. After it thawed a bit, got nice and toasty. That dead body. 
which gross. Just, yeah. Let's just leave it there. Just gross. And that means we ate chocolate off of the top of a frozen dead body. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to think about that too too hard, but we did. And we could prove all of this by saying like that that you're actually wearing an apron right now and the apron that you're wearing is not is the tablecloth that you replaced with the blue cloth so that you could hide your shit and she's like and we're like take the t- take your apron off and show us that it's a tablecloth and she's like no I'll admit it because we didn't do an animation for that <laughs> she set up the poison gas trap she planted the megatoxin x into Dan Gustavia to make it look like a suicide and and if that failed then it would point to scones uh because she had yeah, because she had stolen the sculptures and didn't know the body was there at the time, and she knew she had to get back in because she realized what she did, so she knew how to, she had to get back in and frame one of the other ones so that she could really take the blame off of Master. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't know who it was. Like, she doesn't know who did the real murder, but she's like, whoever goes into... Whoever knows that the body is hidden in the sculptures is the real killer, so I'm going to root out the real killer by doing this and kill them with the poison gas. And we're like, well, if that logic is sound, it must be Dane Gustavia. Right. Which is, like, not bad logic. It's not bad logic. and we It's just, like, bad... It's, like, a bad way to do that. It is a bad way to do that. We don't really spend a lot of time being, like, lady, like, you tried to... You tried to done did a murder. What we do is, instead, Ray comes up and she's like, you should have told... He's like, you should have told me. And she's like, well, the statute of limitations on the IS-7 incident for Moida has not run out... Had not run out yet, so I had to do it myself, otherwise I'd be arrested. Mm-hmm. For Mer- for Moida, because I have the body, right? Yeah, and I did not do the Moida, I just have the body. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just did all, I just tried to do a different Moida, but I didn't do that Moida. Yeah. So, yeah, by that logic, it's Dane Gustavia. So, so Edgeworth is like, all right, well, we, this wraps up the IS-7 incident. Courtney, go ahead and reopen it. Go ahead and reopen the IS-7 investigation. She's like, nah, the prosecutorial investigation committee is going to arrest Hall for both incidents. And Edgeworth's like, what the fuck? What do you mean the PIC's going to... What do you? What are they thinking? Um, and Courtney's like, it's 18 years old. There's nothing to investigate anyway. Edgeworth, shut up. <laughs> and he's like, look at this liquid analysis that contains traces of blood. Uh, we can't... Con- you know, the investigation's not complete until we identify whose blood that is. We're, so we're going back and forth about this. When Dane Gustavia finally comes down from being poisoned, he was in the nurse's office. You know, the nurse of the mansion that is now a museum. Like yeah. all nurses, like all places, has a nurse's office with a fully staffed nurse that can handle a deadly poisoning by Megatoxin X. Which I believe Delicia was up there handling things until she came down. Delicia, who, of course, is a doctor and not an experimental pharmacist. Yes, you know, Delicia, who is also... Totally, totally uh, free from guilt or suspicion in this case. Right. Has nothing, no ulterior motives and could not have just moited a dude. Um, anyway, so Gustavia comes down. He's really old looking now. Like, all of his hair is gray. Um, does he have a bigger scar? I think his scar is the same. I think his coat changes color. Let me check. Um, yeah, his coat is black now and his all of his hair is turned white. His scar is the same. And his neckerchief is still yellow. 
Okay, so Degusaya comes down and we're like, hey, bro, we're suspecting you of doing a moida. And he's like, what? I just looked in the Pisces case to look at it up close. I just wanted to open the lid of a cold uh, museum artifact to look at it up close. I have no motive for murder. (laughs) And we're like, Gustavia. And Ray's like, what about the partnership between the two of you? Uh, and Edgeworth is like, what about the mysterious finger parts with no finger parks with no fingerprints, which means that you tried to look at the angel recipe. We do a lot of repeating ourselves like as almost like a game recap, but also to like tear down all of Gustavia's I couldn't haves. Yeah. So first we're like, what about your partnership with Pierre Hoquet? Gustavia's like, it ended peacefully. I didn't murder him. Master was there, like, wait, I, you know, I didn't do the, I didn't do the things. And Edward's like, remember the Polaroid that ran out of film early? Actually, Gustavia used it to photograph the contents of the angel recipe. Because neither you, Gustavia, nor Isaac Dover went to afternoon tea. And so actually what, what had happened was you, Gustavia, were in Master's room, the chocolate room, photographing the angel recipe and dover came in to be like you 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 can't you're a bad person and so you killed him <laughs> and, D- and dig is like no and so edward's like well why did you collaborate with dover in the first place back up. let's back up and he collaborated with dover because their children were friends mm-hmm. yeah. and also gustavia sucked <laughs> at design but was okay at the pastry part and vice versa for dover okay so here's what here's so we're talking about the partnership and that their sons were friends and that and gustavia was actually it says he was actually trying to win so that he could get um the cure that was in the angel recipe book for his son because his son had hypojucia and then it's actually revealed that Edgeworth is like, but actually your son didn't have hypojucia. You were you were using your son as a taste tester, which is why he kept coming. And then your stuff tasted like shit on the last day because you have hypojucia. And Gustavia's like, ha ha, prove it, motherfucker. You can't find my son. My son disappeared years ago. I abandoned him because he was broken and terrible. And we don't unpack that any further, <laughs> which is upsetting. Michelle I, and I are very upset at this we're point. We're very upset about it, yeah. I abandoned my son because I didn't need him anymore because I got my sense of taste back, is what he says. Which is, doesn't make sense, but, like, they do, they were, because I kind of liked Gustavia uh, until, like, they bring him back to be like, you were the murderer. And he just, like, becomes, like, he's like, I hate children and eat puppies and cheats on my taxes, yeah. you know? Like, like we, ha- we have some pretty cartoonishly bad, like, evil villains in Ace Attorney, and they just, like, wow, they, they give this dude zero to 60 in the in the evil department. Yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah. So, um, what, so what had happened was, is he went to go photograph the recipe, and Dane, and, uh, like, Dane Gustavia did, and Pierre Hoquette came into the room to gloat, saying, you stupid motherfucker, I convinced your son to not come visit you so your stuff would taste like shit because you can't taste and I know it. Ha 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 ha. And so he killed him. And the son is like eight years old. Yeah. Like a young child. And yeah, and he's, he is then, um, Hoquet is then murdered or what's his real name? 
Isaac Dover, Pierre. Yeah, Dover, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Dover's Dover's then murdered. Murdered. Uh, we never explained. Dover looks a little bit like the prince from Beauty and the Beast after he gets turned back. <laughs> yes, that's when he's dead and peaceful looking. He looks exactly like that. He's a little pointier when he's alive in the yeah. flashback photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like a little a little aside there um so he finally admits it and his um we learned in this like but he, he wanted it. to blackmail dover wanted to blackmail gustavia because he knew that gustavia couldn't taste and this was worthy of a large sum of blackmail money and so gustavia kills him and this whole like to summarize this this is like how we get him is he's like i'm telling you this because the statute of limitations have have expired and we're like nah because of math basically we just we're like, no, right. actually, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, like, we, he's like, haha, I, I, um, actually, you can't pin this on me because I, um, the statute of limitations is gone. But through finagling, we learn that he actually, Im- immediately after the trial ended, got on a plane and flew to Zangfa for a year. And the way the statute of limitations works, the the time timer starts at the date of conviction like the day that the trial ended was actually the day that it started and then the time that he was in Zhangfa stayed the statute of limitations means it puts a pause on it so that way Dan Gustav is wrong actually the statute of limitations didn't run out four months ago it is still open so that's how we can arrest him mm-hmm in the uh, criminal procedures for dummies that is handed to Kay for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Dan Gustavi's break animation is that he makes a candy sculpture of himself and slices it in half. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't need a break animation because dude's just so fucking evil. Like, it wasn't even as good as break animation as I wanted for a dude who was so incredibly evil. Like, what I want is a, is a Gant. Gant's break animation was so huge and it was entirely fitting of his terrible evil personality. Yeah. Uh, Gant's is one of the scariest breaks next to Manfred's in my mind. Uh, Yeah. Mad Guard, Gant, and Manfred have the worst break animations for me. But it fits because they're so evil. They're so evil, yeah. I think it's because Gustavia went from like zero to a hundred so fast. Like his evil felt a little forced i guess but i think they just like i think they could have done more cool shit because it was all the candy spin art like spin him into a cocoon that he shatters out of and screams you know or something that would have been cool yeah that's what i want like encased himself in sugar and then like hulked out of it yeah that's what i was hoping would happen him cutting himself down it's also like symbolism so yeah um all right so afterwards edgeworth Ray and Kay go to the detention center. We're very excited. We're going to tell Master, like, about the news. Um, Also, Katie Hall's been arrested because she should be. Yes. So um, Gumshoe comes out, and we greet him and tell him everything. And uh, Master's like, oh, Edgeworth, you're just like your old man, and you're so good at your job and stuff. Um, But I'm so sad that Katie would resort to crime in order to save me. Um... And that's true. And Edgeworth, as we've we've established in this game, that Edgeworth is bad at comforting people. For example, when our client's best friend was a was a moidor in the prison case, and he was like, "I'm really sad to learn that my best friend, who is now dead, was also a moidor." Edgeworth goes, 
Yeah, but he was going to use you to break out. So that means you were real friends, right? <laughs> like, we're bad at this. So now Master's like, I'm really sad that my proto-daughter would do a crime. And Edra's like, yeah, but she made your favorite chocolates every day for 18 years. So she really did love you. And Master's like, well, I'll make her her favorite chocolate every day for 18 years until she's released. Thanks, Edgeworth. Oof, oof, the cringe. mm. I mean, you're 100% right, though. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's, I need it, and Edgeworth has come a long way. And this is not just an Edgeworth problem, this is an Ace Attorney problem, but I need Edgeworth to know, and thus I need the writers of Ace Attorney to know, that it is okay to be upset that your friends and family have done crimes. It's okay. We don't, you know, you don't have to be okay with that. You can just not be okay with that. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be made better because they loved you. Like, yeah, they loved me, but they also done did crimes. And that's bad. Yes. It's bad. But I mean, I think that if we don't, if we don't just blame the Ace Attorney writers for this, if we break it down, this could be Edgeworth trying to cope with the fact that his adopted dad was a fuck. Right? Like, it could be like... Edgeworth being like, I'm really not okay with how Manfred von Karma did crimes and murder. But if I think about that for too long, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. So so yeah. actually, I have to remember the one time when he bought me pancakes. <laughs> Why does it always come back to those pancakes? <laughs> and he let me keep that money. And he, yeah, and he let me keep the dog reward money. And he let me keep Pess. Actually, this is all in the anime. He's never done anything good for Edgeworth in the game. So like, we can't talk about it. But I do think, uh, I do, I do think Edgeworth, I mean, it's obvious why Edgeworth is bad at, at, uh, you know, helping people and deal with their emotional traumas. Just because he's come a long way doesn't mean he can turn it around. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, we, that's the end of Masters. So Ray is like, thanks Edgeworth for closing your daddy's last case with me. And, uh, I'm going to try and represent Katie Hall in and defend her in court and sort out the issues with master but it's like really bad because as the law stands gustavia's arrest depended on masters having been in prison so it's going to be really hard to overturn it gustav if i can overturn it gustavia will walk free basically is what he said so k is like that's stupid (laughs) and we're like yeah, Kay, it is stupid. Welcome to the world. <laughs> the law is unfair and unjust. A lot. The end. And so Ray goes back to the Edgeworth Law offices and tells the news to his shrine for Gregory. That sounds creepy, but it's a Japanese thing. Um, and he puts his little selfie with Ed- with Miles Edgeworth down and next to his shrine for Gregory. And he he tells had to stop at CBS to pick up another frame because he does frame yeah. it. <laughs> He did frame it, yeah. He had to get it printed too, um, and and no, it was race. a Polaroid. It was a Kodiak, remember? Because <laughs> their 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 oh, Insta yeah, cameras were super clear and right. not pixely at all. I do remember. I blocked that out, but okay. So he got a frame for his Polaroid, and um, and so he tells Gregory about his legacy, and then Miles is brooding on the fact that um, 
they're going to take his prosecutor's badge away, but he doesn't. So he does, he's like, the prosecutor's path has led me down a path that sucks, and the defense attorney path has led me down a path that rocks. I wonder which path I should follow. And fade to black, we're done. Yeah. I, don't we get told at the end, there was like, we're going to see you at the PIC office, Edgeworth. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you at your hearing, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. they do leave like that, so Edgeworth is under some heat at the end of that case. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole third case, and that took us almost a full hour and a half to, to tell you. <laughs> really? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. no wonder. Are you no thirsty? Wonder <laughs> um, I'm doing all right, but I've already had too much water today, so I'll take, oh, I just... I'll take a drink. Yeah. So I think we're going to hold off on our Gregory comments. I will give you my overall comments, which was I really enjoyed the case. That's what I want to talk about. I alluded to this earlier, but I wanted to talk about, like, we we both really liked this case. It, like, did really well with the balancing of the stakes and stuff. But it's a really good example of how an Ace Attorney case can be absolutely, completely unbelievable bullshit, but still be a good case. Because yeah. every step of the way here, it's completely ridiculous, it doesn't make sense, and it is completely bullshit if you think about it in reality terms, Right. Right. It's, anything it's, with Delicia doesn't make any fucking sense. Any, yeah, anything with Delicia doesn't make any fucking sense. Katie Hall's stuff barely makes sense. Dane Gustavia having to go to Zangfa to train to do sugar work and abandoning his son because his son is no longer necessary because he's cured his fatal disease where he just can't taste salt. It's not fatal, but it is life-destroying for these people. Um, none of that shit makes any sense, and you could, like, cinema sins it all day long, but it doesn't matter because... When Ace Attorney is good, it's good, and you don't care about that stuff. It I, it makes me I'm like lamenting so hard because, like this, because everything you said is so true, and yet we still got like Spirit of Justice, which just failed to meet any of that criteria for me that you said. The stakes it's, not it's making really sense. It's really hard. Yeah, like I don't, we don't we don't know what the magic sauce is that makes it work. But it's clear when it does work, and it's clear when it doesn't work. And and Spirit of Justice was the same ridiculous bullshit that could be cinemasensed, but it just didn't hit. It didn't no. hit as good as and this I, hits. This yeah, this definitely it hits. It hits home. And like like I said, like Gustavia goes from zero to sixty and is a bad fucking dude. But like. I didn't mind that he came out of left field. You know, like he was like yeah. And it was clear one of them was a murderer. Like, it had to be either Katie Delicia or, or Gustavia. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense, like, at all. But, you know, it's still, like, it ramped in a way that was, like, sudden but still worked. Yeah. And I really don't think that the reason it worked was because of uh, bringing up characters that we're familiar with and we enjoy. I don't think this is why, because, one, nobody enjoys Larry. <laughs> Ain't nobody enjoy Larry. No. But two, like, I enjoyed the Gregory parts and the Gregory parts hit, but they didn't hit because it was Gregory. Yeah. Because I don't know Gregory. Right. You know the mythos we... of Gregory, but that's about it. Yeah. And I think that if if it had been a case done partially in flashback, but the partial flashback parts were just Miles the whole time, if it was like Miles years ago, Miles mm. today, it would still have been a really good case. So it wasn't like oh, the yeah. mythos of Gregory that made it good. Oh, it wasn't fuck. the recurrence of of beloved character 
Larry Butts that made it good. Can you imagine playing Bratworth like in a, as a flashback? That'd be so good. Well, we did that. That was an Investigations one. Oh, was it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was good, because that was the case we learn about Kay and we meet Detective Bad, Stephanie. Guys, good! <laughs> and you get to see Teen Franzi, and that was good. Yeah, like, so I mean, like, let's ignore the part that I have amnesia and I can't remember <laughs> games that I play and enjoy, but, like, yeah, it's just, like, that game and this game, like, they just, they just do characters so well. And... I feel like in Dual Destinies, we got into a little bit of stock characters or like very much like archetype characters. And I feel like we didn't fall into that further with Spirit of Justice, but we didn't save ourselves from it either. Which is really interesting because I will say like, if we're talking about stereotype archetype characters, right? Mm -hmm. Simon Blackwell is a stereotype archetype stoic Japanese samurai type. And so is Dane Gustavia. Yeah. It's the same archetype. The difference, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, it's Samar- They're both cocky it's like bastards. Simon, Simon Blackwell is good in the end, and Dane Gustavia is evil in the end. But they both are like good characters that work. Katie Hall is kind of like a demure, soft-spoken woman archetype. Um, which I is not an archetype that I love because it happens so much and it's kind of boring. Um, but uh, Kay, not Kay, sorry, Athena's friend. Junie. Junie is the same archetype. Neither one is compelling. <laughs> yes, you're right. So I feel like it's, it's just weird like that the way that we have these exact same archetypes with the way that they weave themselves together. I just also think maybe it's the master's plot and we're dealing with the overshadowing of masters being tortured in prison all the fucking time. Like, overshadows and makes Katie a more interesting character where Junie's only only function is to be frail. Well, yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing. And maybe that's why this hits different is because, like, the... Remember, Dual Destinies is all about the corruption in the law. And this case is also all about the corruption in the law. Which is the corruption is, really. It's the whole thing. Yeah, the corruption in the law we see in Dual Destinies is not as uh, um, compelling as the corruption we see here. Because the corruption we see here is like masters being tortured for a long time. The, The legal system, the police hiding the fact that they lost a body. A Manfred von Karma covering for his bullshit at every single moment. And in that's in the past, the looming threat of Miles Edgeworth being disbarred because of trying to do his job good. Like, that's all, like, way more compelling corruption than the corruption that was in Dual Destinies. And because... here's, I think, why is because Dual Destinies tries to, like, just show us, like, look at the system, it's bad. Where this game is showing us, like, nuances in the system that are just real bad. Well, yeah, and that, and then Dual Destiny is the way that we fix the system. That look at the system; it's bad because there's one dude who's a who's pretending to be a police officer and he isn't. And so once we save the world from that man, the system is fixed. And this is like this case ended with us saying the system is so broken that there will not be justice done here. But good job. <laughs> yeah, and everybody goes home and feels bad except yeah, Ray. And, and everyone goes home and feels bad except Ray, who's like, I finally figured out the truth, even if it's meaningless. Yeah, which I guess Ray still feels bad, but he's like, Gregory, I got your boy to 
do defense. Yeah, and I think it just, I mean, maybe it just hits different because it's, I, I, I hesitate to say this word, but realistic. Because our system is also so thoroughly fucked that justice does not get done. Yeah, and I think because, like, even from Dual Destinies moving on Spirit of Justice, we just moved to a more different and more farcical, broken justice system that's just so far from our reality, right? A a puddle that you dance around and do, like, spirit channeling to learn the last moments of somebody's life is so far from what we do. Yeah. That and we also didn't, in my opinion, fix our system. We haven't actually tried to fix no. our system. We just go on to a different system that's worse. And I don't even, I guess we fix that. But we fix that by tearing down the entire government. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's it's Ace Attorney taking the stakes that I complain about being too, like, too, the stakes get so high, but they don't, they don't make me feel, like, basically. The stakes get so high, but I know everything's going to be okay at the end. And But the okay at the end is we lose Apollo so he can fix a country. And it's here the stakes are yes, Edward's going to lose his badge and he might have to have his whole life shook up and all of the meaning. And it's not that he's losing his job. Everything in his life is meaningless and he has to rewrite everything that he believes in. Like that's what we're dealing with in this game, which is the stakes are so personal. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between the stakes of like um the stakes of like there are military people aiming guns at me, my character, mm-hmm. a, a Phoenix, right, right. Like, there, we will be shot if we lose. It doesn't feel as good, and by good I mean intense, as, holy shit, my client is being tortured, and I have no choice but to send him back to that. There is nothing I can do. Yeah, and we don't, and it's not that we sit there and beat ourselves up about that. We just sit with the fact, and then we quietly move on. And that's yeah. just some good-ass writing, Ace Attorney. Man, that hits different. It just hits different. Because that's the other thing is, like, you know that Phoenix is going to be fine. No one is going to shoot Phoenix right in the head with an AK-47. However, Jeff Masters will be tortured in 20 minutes. And there's no changing that. Oh, God, my heart hurts, Michelle. I don't it, feel it, good now. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. But also, like, I didn't want to just turn the... Like, I'm sorry this kind of turned into a roasting of Dual Destinies and SOJ, um, but it's, like, weird to think about. Yeah, it's, like, the and those games are, like, SOJ, I was, I would say on the whole, like, not very happy with, and I was, I thought Dual Justice was a fine, fun game, and I like Apollo Justice, you know, all these games, because, like, when we see, and I don't, you know, I don't want to keep going, but, like, we see Phoenix lose his badge, those stakes are super good and super real because we were personally lied to and betrayed. And it ruined the way he thinks about things. Except not really, because Phoenix bounces back to the same Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, you know, something we've talked about. Uh, so, like, it is just, like... But we know Miles grows as a character, and we've seen the growth. And meant, like, we've been there through the steps of the way. So it's, like, it just everything hits so intensely. And I understand now why everyone's like, this game is so good. Yeah. And it's just a tragedy that we didn't get it localized. But, like, it is, in hindsight, just, like... It is just a tragedy that the series couldn't grow quite like this game was able to. And I think it's from franchise reasons, right? I think it's from franchise reasons, too. Because the, the, the what this game is teaching me is it is not... Like, when I would describe the original trilogy, 
we would say that it hits different because you've been building these characters for three games. Mm -hmm. But this game is proving to me that that's not true. It doesn't hit hard because you've been building the characters for three games. It just hits hard because even if you don't care about, like, I don't love Jeff Masters as a character. I don't love our interactions with him. I don't love his relationship with Katie Hall. I actually find it like weird and creepy. And I find him kind of annoying because he sings all the time. Yeah. But he doesn't deserve to be tortured. No. <laughs> like, even if you don't love his character, Bra doesn't deserve to be tortured. And the fact that you have power in the situation, you're his defense attorney, you are supposed to represent him, and you can't save him, is terrible. It's tragic and terrible. And and you have to, like, kind of, like, go back and forth between Gregory and Miles, but you have to, like, the player have to live that. Mm-hmm. You have to sit with that. And that's powerful. It's powerful structure and writing. But do you think they tried to do too much in this case? It is a very long case. I do. Um, And I think it's primarily due to the fact that they kind of make you dredge around too much. Like, Larry could have been cut completely from this case. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I hate Larry. I'm saying that because Larry, the Larry parts, every single Larry part feels like I'm wasting my time. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Because like we do the whole, the first time we do the Larry, we're trying to figure out what happened with the poisoning. Um, We could have just had Gumshoe tell us that and then start investigating as opposed to having to leech it out of Larry line by line because we get it out of Larry and then we just know the situation. We don't actually know what happened. And we still have to figure out what happened. So why don't we just save everybody some time and have someone tell us, here's the situation. And we go, well, how did that happen? Yeah, we could have worked We could have worked this whole case without Larry. That's absolutely true. We didn't need another sticking point, another difficult party. And replacing Larry with someone that we did like would not have helped that, right? No. Like if it was like, Emma's here and she's telling you that it would still have been annoying as fuck. Yeah. So I think it, they tried to do too much, and as a result, they thought that they had to be even more basic with delivering the information to the player. Like, they're like, this is really complicated, so we need to do inch by inch, baby. And, like, really, you did not have to go inch by inch. You could have gone, like, foot by foot, and I still would have kept up with you, baby. Like- I would have kept up, and also, like, because we went inch by inch, I forget I would forget things a lot because I'd be like, oh my god, I know it's the teapot. I know it's the teapot. And then, like, finally the teapot's over and I'll forget about that. Like, Yeah. It was, a, yeah. I think there could have been some paring down. I do think, I, I think it is interesting. I think well, I'll, I'll reserve my judgment for, like, making this the third case the longest case in the game or one of the longest cases for after we play the whole thing for structure. We comments, do need but... to reserve our judgment because it's been heavily implied by our our chat and by Kevin that um, the there will be threads of this case that come back later, particularly yes, the missing sons. Yeah, we never quite resolve all of our threads. Um, I have theories now that I've looked at some... Uh, while I was looking up characters for this case, I have some theories about how it's going to go, but we'll see. So in the meantime, if you want to catch up to us uh, and the stream and you want to watch it because, man, does this sound interesting, you can watch it our backlog on the YouTube channel or you can join us on Friday nights for our stream at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time in America uh, where we keep playing Investigations 2 with our friend Kevin. Uh, and that's uh, that's going to be in the show notes. 
that's yeah i'm gonna put all like the link to the youtube is in the show notes the link to the twitch is in the show notes i was just trying to pull up the youtube channel in case i could say it concisely and i didn't say the twitch because i don't remember what it is i know it's ravenous kitty and it's on twitch but i don't know if yeah, there's a ravenous clean kitty on twitch and then uh, stephanie your dead boss on youtube but check the show notes it's easier that way um yeah. I've tried to change it to object to this and it messed up Google. So I had to change it back. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, in We were going to do our Gregory Edgeworth tribute this one, but we've run very long. So Gregory Edgeworth tribute next month. Some people have sent us some delightful emails, but please send us your delightful emails and theories about Gregory Edgeworth to object to this podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send to our Tumblr, object to this.tumblr.com. Uh, it doesn't also have to be a Gregory exclusive. If you have any, any notes on this case or any questions, go ahead and email those also. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, um, thanks, Michelle, for the garbage at the end or RD002, whichever one ends it up putting this yeah, I think I think we're switching back to me finally um and then thanks Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTube is for use for our theme song Hey Pal a Detective Gumshoe remix and thanks Map Up for doing that home that news research for us that was some juice at the start and baby. they and he sent us some uh AVP suggestions so make sure you send those in so we can put yes. them in the hat we'll probably play anime versus plausible after our Gregory Edgeworth tribute so send in some anime versus plausibles we'll keep that spicy keep that spicy uh and then um you can find us on our home at podbean but we are also elsewhere i've i got news that our spotify is a little messed up but we'll see if we can fix that oh shit okay i'll let you know i'll tell you about that in a second michelle (laughs) i just remembered uh but yeah but otherwise you can find us everywhere uh so in the meantime uh i'm stephanie i'm michelle and that was object to this so why don't you object to that Thank you.